Welcome to episode 10 of the Marketing Matters podcast, where myself and uh, David Wright. Hi there. Hi. We sit and talk about uh, things that are pertinent to, to market and marketing and uh, um, SME business in general. And today we're going to talk about email marketing. We've been, this is the 10th uh, podcast we've done, and we realized that whereas email is quite central to what we do, we hadn't actually talked about it yet. So we thought we would uh, address that today and talk about. Uh, email marketing in the GDPR world. Now, anybody who uh, is involved in uh, marketing will remember that 12 months ago, uh, there was uh, uh, the introduction of GDPR, the General Data Protection Register, uh, which talked about privacy and data and what you could and couldn't use. And email was front and center in that. So we're 12 months on today. So I thought it would be good to just take a, a view and see how much email marketing has actually changed in the 12 months since um, since GDPR came into play. So we'll start by, you know, how do my, what do you think, David? What do you think? How much do you think it's changed? Well, I, I th- the first thing I'd say is I think you, you said that uh, email was square and center in, in GDPR. And actually, I'm, I'm not sure that it was. I think that... In fact, it absolutely wasn't. But I mean, I think in the reality of it, it wasn't. I was, I was just actually, trying to be kind. I know it wasn't. But actually, you would think it was, I think, by the, by the way it was approached and uh, the way you saw I th- email. I, yeah, I, I think more generally that, that people, um, ever since email marketing first, first came on the scene, maybe probably 10 years ago, um, that people had a suspicion that because it was to all intents and purposes free to do it, there was kind of in some way something wrong with it. And so the people who are on the receiving end made an assumption that, oh, I don't like receiving email, which is not true. And the people who were sending the emails were saying, oh, we're not really sure if we're supposed to be sending it, which is also a bit crazy because it's just a way of communicating with people so it's about what you do with it more than uh, more than the thing itself and actually all gdpr was doing is trying to say look you know whatever you do you've got to be respectful you've got to be honest and and to be honest gdpr or no gdpr i think that should should be the the way you approach all of your marketing and, and I think that's right. And, and the thing that amused me um, about GDPR and email was that actually it didn't talk about email. It had nothing whatsoever to do with email. It was all about data privacy. And the only real area where it did interconnect was in the consumer market where it did reinforce the requirement and the, the, the burden of proof on email marketers for opt-in. The requirement to opt-in had been there for many years before. It was just about the burden of proof. Whereas in business to business where we are, actually it didn't even, there was no real reference and didn't make any significant changes to the way email um, should be handled as a marketing tool. And, And David's absolutely right that actually the fact that good quality email marketing in business to business sectors was always about being open, honest and true and being relevant to the market you were um, you were targeting. And that really didn't change. No, I think so. And I think there is also a, a, a key difference between a consumer market and, uh, and business to business in that um, in a consumer market, there are undoubtedly a number of relatively vulnerable um, uh, groups of people, be that uh, younger people or the elderly, who um, 
aren't, shouldn't be expected to be able to um, necessarily make commercial decisions and, and perhaps in some cases might be a little inclined to be too ready to believe what they're told as, as true without really questioning it. Um, and so I think it's absolutely right that there is more protection in, in the consumer world. But I think in, in B2B, um, you know, people are in business to do business, and part of doing business is to be able to make uh, make value judgment judgments on whether a particular approach is is a sensible thing for you and your business to do. And so, the, I think the commercial basis of of email marketing in in B two B is absolutely fine, so long as you stick with the um, honesty, respect, and truthfulness, which I think should run through everything. So if we're basically saying that nothing has changed from that perspective, do you think the attitudes to it in the sort of general populace or the, the, the sort of the, the people who are providing email marketing service, do you think that's changed? I think it's interesting you say that because I think that probably the area where things have changed most and perhaps not surprisingly is in the, the, the businesses who, who supply email marketing technical email marketing services because um the fact is most of what they do is um facilitating business to consumer email and as we've said a couple of minutes ago i think that is an area that that perhaps did need uh, some some more uh, or stronger regulation and um and it's in that area that the, the people, because, because of the shift in responsibility, the people who are providing the email marketing services, the, the, the technical solutions, they have to be very careful that they, aren't, they don't fall foul of the regulations because they run the risk of being closed down and their business being shut. Yeah, and, and for that reason, I think there has, you know, both in business to business and business to consumer, there is now with these people the, the default position that opt-in and more specifically double opt-in is the right way to go. And as we say, with, with consumer, I think that's absolutely right. With business to business, where the relationships often are much more complex and go beyond just emails and digital media, it's usually not practical to uh, expect everybody to who uh, has an interest in what you want to say to double opt-in. And, and in, in often, in many cases, it could actually become a sort of almost... Um, intrusive asking for that when you've when you've got an ongoing relationship with someone the idea of saying oh if you want to continue receiving my email can you please i'll send you an email and you've got to click to say i want it 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 almost seems to say intrusive and and totally uh, over the top uh but i think that is now in uh, a lot of the the uh, people who are providing email services that's the expectation uh but a lot of them are more reasonable. And I think it's, from our perspective, I think it's about focusing very much on the quality of your lists and the idea that, uh, whereas you may not be wanting double opt-in, the idea that making sure that all your email addresses are accurate and they are people who are within your your strict target market who have a strong likelihood that they're likely to be interested in your message and always making sure that you've get, got a very clear um opt out or unsubscribe that you just respond to and deal with automatically without question but i think but all of those so to cut across it doesn't that forget the rule forget the regulations doesn't that just make sense anyway oh absolutely yes it does it does because I, I think there's there's an irony that there's almost you can see a um, an about face when it comes to consumer that if you've got somebody's opt-in 
does that give you carte blanche to say what well, you like to them? And and I think, you know, it doesn't change the fact that you've got to be respectful and honest to people. And yeah, I know that uh, that there's the option to, or there should be the option to unsubscribe or opt out, but that can sometimes be quite difficult to find on a website. And mm. um, people, it might not be that simple. They might want part of what you're offering, but not all of what you're offering. And, and um, there aren't many... D- uh, organizations particularly not smaller ones who have uh, have systems where you can adjust what you what you want to receive it tends to be all or nothing so mm. so i think that there's an argument to say that uh, just because aren't i clever i've got got everybody on double opt in um, that means i can do what i like mm. no you can't it doesn't actually change anything you've still got to be legal decent honest and truthful yeah. and i think is what well, i mean you say about well isn't that what you should be doing if you're if you're doing it properly i think that's right and actually good regulations they just encourage and uh well i was going to use the word force maybe that's the wrong word but encourage people to use the the ultimate best practices so actually the fact that the regulation if you were doing it correctly and uh, to best practices before that the regulations won't change much is probably reasonable i guess but i, I Yes, but also I think the problem is that people, rather than working to best practice, start to work to the regulation. Yeah, and so all they all they're trying to do is, if I can get someone to opt in, almost at any price, yeah. then that's what I need to do. So um, I, I think the regulations can be a double-edged sword. The regulations are always a double-edged sword, but I think we have to accept that whatever the situation that. I think, whereas, I mean, we've always worked on the focus, the idea that quality is the most important and that you need to target email marketing at the people who really want to hear your message. It, it means that there is this sort of gap about how do you get out to the, the broader, uh, how do you get your message out there to the, the, the broader area, broader market who perhaps don't know, about, know of you and you, you don't have access to them through email. Uh, I mean, what are the other options for, for do you think, for, for filling that bit of the marketing mix well i think just to to sort of reiterate i suppose what you've just said that that a key thing with email is that um essentially you've got to know the people because you've got to know their email address to be able to send them something Mm. and uh, we've always said that that marketing always has two elements it's marketing to the people you know but not uh, no less important is marketing to the people you don't know and and clearly there are I mean come right back to the uh, the basics you've got your website and making sure that your website is an effective communicator of what you're about and then undoubtedly social media um, you know love it or hate it can be a very powerful way of, of getting to either general markets or to specific niche business to business markets just depending on how you 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 go about using it mm. and um, and I and I think that I mean let's let's you know, we've been talking about online let's not forget that we we do sometimes go and meet people and talk to them face to face and networking and and meeting people is is just as important and a very powerful way of uh, of, of spreading the word. Yeah, and I mean, social media. There, uh, you mentioned that uh, that's something we will actually look at in a, a future pod- podcast in uh, a couple of a couple of weeks' time. Uh, if you're interested in in sort of networking and search and paid for networking, if you look at episode two and PR episode three, search and paid advertising is is something we again we'll we'll, we'll look at in uh, a bit more detail later on. Um, so I think that's really, uh, we're going to finish it there. And as always, we will uh, finish on a, um, uh, a, a few tips. So David, what's your first tip for, um, for email marketing in, the, in today's world? 
very simple that quality is more important than quantity. You should have a well-qualified list of people who you are significantly confident have a genuine fit with what it is that you want to talk about and not just take the centered and hope approach to mass market mass email marketing which i think i don't think was great in the first place but it certainly shouldn't have part uh, um, any role in your your, your marketing mm. today and I think the second thing I would say is make sure that your emails are interesting and useful rather than just trying to sell something. I mean, ultimately, if your content's interesting, people will want to receive them and they'll, they'll look for them in your inbox. If you're just trying to flog them something, then they probably won't. So focus on the content and make sure that's interesting. And, and I think to, to finish off, use, I mean, we've talked about analytics before, and I'm sure we'll talk about it again, but, but you, there, is a lot of, uh, there are a lot of ways you can monitor what sort of impact and engagement you're getting with with your email and uh, use that data to to refine and develop the, your, your email marketing and and as always make sure that what you're doing from a, on the email channel is um, just as uh, is, is joined up with the rest of your marketing okay so we'll wrap it up there and as always if you want to find out more from us you'll find it on our website bsamarketing.com if you want to check out those uh, other podcasts you'll find them on podcast.bsamarketing.com and as always you can find us on twitter at bsa marketing or on linkedin so until next time we'll leave it there and happy marketing bye for now